podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. He probably doesn't remember this at all. Yeah, we work together. It's easy. This is kind of real. I call it shit. And so it's really cool to get to be a part of that. Hey, you know how it is, bro. Hey, when you... You now tune into the biggest ever. We're not here just to take part. We're here to take over. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with episode 137 of the Dev Jelson Podcast. Today, for a special guest, the Purdue women's basketball coach, NCAA champion, WNBA champion, Stephanie White. Stephanie, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, right off the bat, obviously, we got to talk about you being inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame later on this year. Um, what went through your head when when you received that news? Yeah, you know, it's um, when I got the call, I was actually at a soccer tournament for my oldest son. Um, and so it was um, we were at breakfast and um, it's just, you know, it's really an honor. I mean, certainly when you grow up in the state of Indiana, you think about being an Indiana all star. You think about, you know, being Miss Basketball and um, and and hopefully one day, you know, having something in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. It's just unique to our state. Um, it's, it's unique to the history of, of basketball in our state. Um, and so I was just really humbled and honored and, and, you know, excited about the opportunity um, and, and to bring my kids back to see what Indiana basketball is all about. I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's going to be special. Have you and Paint talked at all? Because I know you guys are going to be in the, the same class, which is pretty cool for Purdue fans. We haven't since the um, since the announcement was made and their announcement was made a little bit earlier than ours. Um, we just we talked when I had called the Purdue game earlier in the year um, and just kind of caught up a little bit. But but nothing yet about the uh, about the Hall of Fame. I mean, what is it what does it mean to you to 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 get that recognition? Um, it's a long time coming, but obviously well deserved. We don't we don't even have to get into your accolades. It's just like it goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, it just it really does just it means a lot. I'm really excited that I get to share it with with my good friend, Monica Maxwell, who's getting inducted as well. I mean, we were AAU teammates and, and, and have been great friends, you know, since our days playing Indiana high school basketball. So um, I'm happy to, to share in that with her. Um, I've been to a lot of those banquets in the past. You know, Lynn Dunn got a, a medal and um, went for her, went for Tamika when she when she got a medal. Um, so I've been to a lot of those banquets in the past and just you know, the state of Indiana takes such great pride um, in, in, in our, our roots in, in the sport. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really honored, really excited um, to see everybody and catch up with people that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. I mean, how special will it be for you or how, how special is it for you to leave an imprint on Indiana? Like you said, we're, I mean, we're the Mecca of basketball. You know, the saying is, in other states, it's it's just basketball, but I mean, it's just different here. What does it mean to be able to have this level of success and, and everything that's come along with it in the state of Indiana? It's huge. You know, I, I've played most of my career. I mean, 99% of my career in Indiana. And, you know, a lot of people just don't get that opportunity to play high school ball, uh, to play collegiately, to play professionally, to coach professionally um, in their home state. You know, I, I, I really... Um, I love the fact that my journey kept me home, um, where, where our state and our fans appreciate the game, love the game, are passionate about the game. Um, I, I love the fact that, that I was able to play every level of my career, um, and, and my, co and have my coaching career, um, a majority of it being Indiana as well. I mean, it's just, um, if you don't grow up in the state, you don't really get it. You, you can't really understand just, just what it means and how much pride 
um, our, our state takes in the game. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I have had a unique experience being able to do all that in the state and, and, and I'm really glad and, and, and honored that I, that I was able to do that. So I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I played basketball, like growing up in boys and girls club or whatever, but, and I never played high school or anything. And I can still tell like how much it means to you guys that have been through and, and had levels of success um, in Indiana, you carry a level of pride with you, like wherever you go, um, just knowing that you represent Indiana. Yeah, of course. You know, and, and whenever you're having basketball conversations, you know, everyone's like, oh, you grew up in Indiana. So of course you played basketball, you know, of course you were shooting hoops outside. Of course you were, you know, doing this. And, um, and so it's, it's well known across the country, just the, the, the and, and, and look, there are other places in, in that have great basketball players. Um, but it's just the, the deep heritage of our state. Um, and, you know, you think back to the movie Hoosiers and, you know, for, for, for somebody like me, that, that is how I grew up playing outside, shooting, shooting an outdoor hoop, playing in people's barns and, um, you know, playing in a small, in a small community in front of great crowds. Um, and, and really essentially I grew up as a community project, you know, my entire hometown and County, um, helped me get here in, in a, in a number of ways, you know, not just from supporting me, but financially supporting, you know, being, you know, uh, coming to games. Um, it just, so, so I, I take great pride in being from a small town in Indiana, um, and, and carrying on the legacy of, of former Indiana athletes. And that's what, that's actually what I was going to bring up next. I want to take you back to, to when you were that little girl growing up in, in Lebanon. Could you have dreamed that this would this would be your legacy and, and your journey every, everywhere that's taken you. No, not at all. I mean, you know, and, 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 and growing up, of course, had big dreams and just like everybody does, you know, you're playing outdoors. Uh, my, my grandparents had a, had a court across the street and that's where I played most of the time or at the park in town. Um, and, you know, it really was whenever the lights were on, you know, and I played mostly with, with, with guys because girls weren't playing at that time. So whenever the lights were on, all the guys would come and we would just, we would play games and we did it because we loved it. Of course, I had dreams of, of playing collegiately, never dreamed of playing professionally. Um, and you know, it's the five, four, three, two, you know, make the game winner, all that, that, that we all did. Um, but to to look back and to think of all the experiences I had um, collegiately, professionally, and now as my profession, all the places I've traveled, all the people I've met, um, the relationships that I've built because of this game, it's really hard to describe. Um, and it's, it's really hard to, to think that this, is po this was possible. Um, you know, and now I'm really proud, especially for young girls and women, that there are more opportunities in the game. You know, you don't just see it as I have to play to be involved. I have to coach to be involved, you know, outside, you know, broadcasting and business and, and athletic training and, 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 you know, mental health training and all of these different areas that you can be a, a female in sport. Um, it's just, it's really incredible. The opportunities that exist now, uh, we still have a long way to go, um, but it's certainly incredible the opportunities that that exist now. And I, I never would have dreamt that it would have brought me to this place. And I want to keep talking about that. But Rafael Davis told a story the first time he came on. Um, he's a boiler and he, he also works for BTN now. Yep. We were talking about Drew Anthrop and he was like, Drew Anthrop 
won an NBA championship with the Lakers, but he didn't play alongside LeBron. I mean, the amount of positions that you can take with like a, an NBA, WNBA, what any sports team really is, is remarkable. You can be a part of that team still, even if you're not on the court. But as far as it goes for women, um, how have you seen that kind of transition? Because and I know you talked about you're giving those guys to work back when they <laughs> did in town. How has that transition gone from from back then and to now? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's really funny because back then you, you just didn't see girls playing. I mean, the, fir- the first the first organized team I played on was a YMCA team in Danville, Illinois, and it was all boys. I think I was in I don't know sixth grade before there was a, a girls team, um, and I was the only girl playing at the park against the boys. I was the only girl on spring break finding the pickup game against the boys. And now there's not a street that I, that I don't drive, that I drive down that there's not a girl playing basketball. So it's, it's really cool to see the opportunity. It's really cool to see the growth. Um, And we see it in a lot of sports, Um, but 50 years after title nine was legislated, you know, we're at the point where it's, it's normal and it's normal for, for, male athletes to support female athletes. Um, and it's normal to just be called an athlete and not have to differentiate. Um, now we, we still have a lot of growth to do in terms of, of females in, in, in sport in other capacities, um, and being a, and not having a glass ceiling in other capacities, but the Becky Hammonds and the Jenny Busek's of the world in the basketball world that are, that are really, um, shattering those glass ceilings and, and are, are paving the way for others, just like players, the Ann Myers, the Ann Donovans, uh, the Billy Moores, the Pat Summits, you know, all uh, the, the Nancy Liebermans pave ways for us to play. Now, now our generation are paving ways for the younger generation to be able to continue in sport in different roles. And so um, it's really exciting to think about it. Uh, I think we're not going to see the leaps and bounds of growth until we do have more females in positions to make the hires um, until we completely cycle through um, some of the, some of the, the bias that comes with, you know, Hey, it's a basketball player or a basketball coach, not a female basketball player or female basketball coach. So once we kind of filter through that, um, but the great thing is, you know, you, you don't see that unconscious bias among other athletes. Yeah. You see that bias amongst fans, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time. And so, um, so that, that's, that's really good growth. Um, and, and I think we're going to continue to see it. Yeah. And I mean, Becky Hammond, I wanted her to get an NBA job so bad. And I know she, I forget which team it was, but she just got on with a with yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I think she would have been a phenomenal NBA coach wherever she goes, she's going to be a phenomenal coach. Um, and then like just recent, I think it was last week, the Yankees, hired um Rachel I can't say her last name but her first mm-hmm. and they hired her that that's my team I'm wearing a Yankees hat right now okay yeah so that, that was that was cool for me to see but yeah like you said um other athletes and I think a lot of the media as well well at, at least in my in my experience really celebrated and and embraced it more than more so than the fans who are just like a lot of them say stupid stuff to get a reaction out of people, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other players, there was a ton of NBA guys that were going to the WNBA finals and you could just see how much it meant to those girls that, that they were there and supporting them and, and, and helping bring up the WNBA. 
Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt it basketball is basketball, you know, it, it really is. And, um, you know, as far as professional sports and I mean, shoot, when I was collegiately, you know, we, we were, we were getting so many fans. I mean, we had a couple of different sellouts. So, you know, it, it was what you, it was what you did. Right. And especially in small college towns, what you do is you go support programs of your, of your university. We had great fan support when I was playing for the fever and coaching for the fever, um, and, and women's basketball in particular, when you think about the WNBA and the NBA, it, you know, we, we started a number of years afterwards. And, and if, and if you look at the model of how long it took the NBA to get to where it is, WNBA is, is, is trending along the same growth line. Uh, and now there's, there's more opportunity from a, a sponsorship and a dollars and, and, and social media and all these different, different avenues that there weren't back then. And so now investing in women, investing in women's sports, you know, have an opportunity to continue to see um, growth, not just on the floor, but off the floor. I mean, these women, these women are leaders. You know, these women are mothers. These women fight for change, fight for social justice, fight for for change in our society. They don't just play basketball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we've seen that across the board in all sports, male and female. Like athletes are athletes, but athletes are human beings and this is their job. But at the same time, they have a platform to create change and make a difference. And, and now's the time to continue to invest in women, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I mean, the sport is in such a great place as well. You can go up and down the list of like Sabrina and my more Tamika Catchings, who's been a, a pioneer in the sport, Skylar Diggins. I mean, they're all phenomenal hoopers, but they're probably even better people. Um, obviously, you know, Tamika. And yeah. I'm sure you've, you've met some of the other girls I mentioned, but watching those girls go ball out and do their thing and then off the court have probably a bigger impact is what's special to me. It is. It is. And, and again, you know, I think it's, it's easy to look at, at these women and, and men, to be quite honest, as just athletes. And, and it's just not, not true. I mean, just like, you know, you, you're not identified and by your job, you know, you're, you're a human being outside of that. Um, and, and I think we're, we're, we're just, we're at that tipping point where, where we're, we're starting to uh, recognize that um, where these women are getting opportunities um, that, that weren't available even when I was playing, you know, in the WNBA and it's really great to see. And I hope that we just continue to grow. Um, I hope that we continue to, to get opportunity and give opportunity and that the, the little girls who are in elementary school right now and middle school that are watching these women can, can have more and vast opportunities in sport um, than, than we ever did because of them. And, and it's really exciting to think about. And another thing I saw, this was like just before NIL got passed. It was like the top 10 college, current college athletes um, who could make the most money off of their like social media following or whatever. And I think like eight out of the 10 were women college basketball players. It's crazy. It and is. That's just going to continue to keep growing and growing and growing, like you said. And I mean, this guy's. It is. Yeah. The, the, the whole um, social media realm and, and, and Instagram and TikTok and followers and all those things that I don't really understand um, are, are uh, yeah, I mean, it's opening up a, a whole new door, you know, and, and the opportunities that exist um, for collegiate athletes because of NIL right now and, and their abilities to take advantage of it. 
um, it's, it's vast and, and it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how, how it affects everything and how it, how it moves forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to those, those teams that you were on at Purdue, you guys would have made bank. <laughs> Are you kind of jealous? You're like, dang, we should have been. Of making- course. Yeah. Of course. We're a little jealous, but you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's the nature of things, you know, when we, when we know better, we do better. Um, when we know more and have more information, we make different decisions and, and times change and things have to change and, 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 you know, times change, people change, things change. And if we don't adjust and if we don't adapt and if, if we don't have the, the, the foresight to, to, to look and see what's going to change next, then you get left behind. And, and, you know, sport has always been on the forefront of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, for you, what do you think would be the next step? for like the WNBA and, and women's college basketball to, to take that next step to continue to grow? Yeah, I mean, of course, when you're talking about, you know, finances and dollars and, and that, that all comes from investment. You know, I, I think it's economics 101, right? You got to spend money to make money. Um, you know, it starts with investment, continuing to invest in women, continuing to invest in these teams, invest in giving a platform um, that's equal to what their male counterparts have. Um, not talking financially equal. I'm talking just the platform and, and eyes on the platform equal. Um, you know, we've seen television numbers and viewership, you know, numbers skyrocket when games are on television. Mm-hmm. You know, when, and when they're on television in a time frame and a window that's conducive to being watched, you know, not, not, you know, nine, 10 PM at night when, when most of the audience is in bed, but put it on at a time where, where people can watch. And, um, and we've seen viewership go up, you know, the, the more um, advertising dollars that are spent, you know, on women and, and the more investment there is um, we've seen, we've seen increases in, in revenue. And, and I think that th- that's the next step is just really getting corporate um, getting, um, viewership, getting, getting people to invest, um, for WNBA and, and collegiately getting people back in the stands, you know, it's, it's kind of a catch 22. You got all these games on television, so you don't necessarily have to be there. Right. But at the same time, the pride that, that, that fans and universities, um, take in, in their collegiate sports, you know, what, what does that mean? And for some, for some, that's being out in the community more. I remember when I was at Purdue, you know, we were in, in classrooms, you know, there were teachers who had math lessons that were based on the stats of our games the night before, you know, we, we, we were, we were everywhere um, because we were part of the community. And there's a lot of insulating, you know, college athletes right now for good reason. Um, and, and, and there's, there's not quite as much um, access um, to, to connect in ways that there used to be because it's all connecting digitally now. And, you know, in my mind, it doesn't have the same effect. I mean, it's not true relationship driven. Um, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. You know, the biggest thing is just like, we got to continue to invest in women. We got to continue to invest in women's sports. We've seen when we do that, um, it grows, it grows. And, And even in youth sport, you know, the opportunity for young girls to compete, to grow, to train, um, and continuing to invest in that. We've seen when we put, when we put the money sort of where our mouth is, um, there's been growth. And I, I have to shout them out, Courtney, Courtney Moses Delks and Jordan. Yeah. Delks. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you've been out to the barn. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you have, but I mean, they have a bunch of girls down there that are killing it. I mean, one of their girls, Ashley Spade just committed to UConn. 
I saw that. Yeah. She goes to my high school now in Noblesville. So that was pretty cool to see, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it boils down to those people that have the dollars, like you mentioned, the corporates and, and everything like that, putting their foot forward and being like, Hey, all right, we're going to do this. And then it's just going to blossom, but. And bring in your kids. I mean, you know, I'll never forget like one of my all time favorite moments with my oldest son was uh, when I first took him to a Pacers game because he had always been to the fever games. And when I first took him to the Pacers game and he said to me, mommy, boys play basketball, too, (laughs) because all he had known was seeing seeing women play basketball. And I I love the fact that my boys um, get to see these these powerful women doing what they do and giving everything that they have and working their tails off to hone their craft and, and, uh, and, and every single day and, and, and then want to support women, you know, they would prefer to wear, to make a catching jersey right now, you know, and, and that's, that's awesome to me, just like it's, it's important, you know, when, when fathers bring daughters, you know, to games and, and expose them, you know, it's important for our young boys to be exposed as well. I mean, that's how we create meaningful change in terms of gender equity as we as we grow. It's exposing our boys and uh, allowing them to see equality and that the, these are these and the athletes are athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in athletics, it's in corporate world, too. I mean, you know, we, it, the COVID thing has changed a lot. But but at the same time, like exposing young girls, young boys to all different kinds of experiences and open their minds um, to the possibilities and open their minds to the fact that, that anybody can be anything. And we respect that and we encourage that and we empower that. Yeah, that, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I was lucky enough to where my parents did that for me and really showed me a bunch of different things, whether it be sports or music or or anything like that and it's it's helped me have an open mind and and taking me down paths where I didn't necessarily think I would go but um I mean it obviously it's all worked out for the best you know yeah of course and then I want to go back to the you're talking about kind of the college atmosphere and and uh being like the sense of community a lot of as a from a fan's perspective there's a lot of people that I know that don't really watch sports, but they're all in for Purdue basketball, football, whatever. I mean, college, collegiate sports are there's nothing like it. I pref, I prefer it over um, pro sports. Yeah, there's not. I mean, and, and you said it exactly right. You know, it's a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I can't even tell you how many people I know that go to football games just so they can tailgate right? Just so they can hang out with people, just so they can have fun and throw the football around or kick a soccer ball around or the baseball, the baseball around or whatever. Uh, you know, and, and in particular, you know, now after we've sort of been isolated and you realize connecting with people brings joy, you know, connecting with people who enjoy the same things that you do, collegiate sports, you, you know, whatever your team is brings joy. And it used to be, you would go to a game because you want to watch the game, right? Now you go to the game because it's a social event, you know, and it doesn't matter what game that is. It does it college, pro, high school, whatever. I mean, think back to going to high school games. When you went to high school football and basketball games, you didn't watch the game. You just hung out with your friends, right? It was like, it was, it was, it was about being social. And I think we're sort of coming back to that now. Like everything is a social event. These arenas 
or having different areas where you can stand and talk and, you know, have snacks and drinks and whatever, um, you know, not just be stuck to your seat. There's televisions in, in, in arenas now where you can, if you're waiting in line, you can see the game. You're not having to, you know, wait in line forever and then miss things. So it's, it's becoming much more of a, of a social engagement, which I think is really cool. No doubt. Now I was, I was going to bring that up back when I was in like middle school, we would go to the football games and we wouldn't even sit in the stands. We'd be running around the concourse, talking to our little, girl, our little girlfriends or whatever we were doing. Yep. Um, That's right. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are some of the most fun times you can look back on is, is going to going to games, hanging out, supporting your team or school and, and uh, meeting new people. I mean, you meet, you meet, meeting new people, engaging with new people and, you know, connecting and, and networking in, in ways that you, you don't really, you know, it's, it's not necessarily intentional networking, but it's, it's how, it's how you, it's how you expand your, 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 your crew, right. It's how you, ex, you expand your, your contacts. It's, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's overall. And I think that, you know, since we've been through COVID and, you know, all the isolation and all the restrictions and everything else, I, I think getting back to the root of, of what brings joy to people and it's human connection, um, it sort of brings us back to the roots of, Hey, yeah, this is why we do this. It's fun. It's engaging. Yeah. And then I mean, when you go to games and I mean, you're high-fiving people when you score a touchdown, you don't even know them. I mean, like you, but you share that one connection and it, it takes you so far. Um, I want to talk about when you were back at Purdue, what, what was the community feel for you guys? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but how much were you guys embraced by, by this school? Oh, I mean, it's really hard to put into words. Um, and there are often times where, you know, Yukari Figs and I talk about this all the time. Like we, we went to the pros and, and we're talking with, with our teammates about, you know, our experiences and not everybody had our experience mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not everybody has it now where your team is tight, your team is connected. Um, the people in the stands are, are, are family, like in, in, in every sense of the word, you know, you, you know, now I know they're grandkids and great grandkids um, because it wasn't student athletes and fans. It was a Purdue women's basketball community. And, you know, we looked at it like that. We were, we were treated like that, you know, our coaches embraced that. Um, and we just had a really good group of people who enjoyed making a difference uh, and, and so it's tough for me when I talk to, to other former athletes who didn't have that kind of experience. I'm like, what? Like, that's what college is supposed to be about. So when we went back at each one of the, the different reunions, it was, it was really cool. It was like coming home. It always is. And when I go back to call games at Purdue, it's like coming home. I mean, a lot of the same ushers, people at the scores table, you know, running into, you know, going to Bruno's, going to nine Irish brothers, you know, seeing, seeing Jerry, seeing Orlando, like all these different things um, that you go back and the people are, are there. Um, the people who were with you, the people who felt all the highs and lows that, that you went through. Um, and, you know, you reminisce about, uh, about the championship or the sellout or the Tennessee game or whatever it might be um, because your family's still there. And that's, I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. I was just talking to someone um, yesterday and I won't get into the specifics of it, but essentially he was like, I don't, I don't know where I should go. And I was like, go where you feel like the people are, I mean, you're going to, 
you're going to feel most home around those people that are in there. And I mean, for Purdue, I mean, yeah, we got the, we got the logo, we got Mackie, but the thing that makes Purdue different or IU or wherever you want, whatever you want to talk about is the people in the building, the fans, the coaches, the players, the staff, um, the ushers. I mean, even the, the vendors or something like that. That's what really makes a difference. It is. You're absolutely right. And then, I mean, for you, how did, when you, when you do come back to Purdue, I was talking to Kellen Dunham the other day who uh, played at Butler and, and he was like, he, he's playing in the TBL now. Um, so they got to play at, at Pendleton. And he was like, man, every time I looked around, I just had like flashbacks of like me getting reamed out by a coach, us <laughs> celebrating stuff like that. Do you have, do you kind of have that same feeling when you step inside Mackey again? Yeah, I do. And that's why I don't drive by Slater Hill. I don't want any more memories of conditioning on Slater Hill. Uh, I can remember the sledding, but conditioning, not so much. Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, it, but, it, you know, and everything's so different now. When you go back to Mackey, everything looks looks so different. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like you step into the building and um, you, you see, you know, some familiar folks um and you see some familiar sights and um and it does it, it brings you back to certain memories um every time and depending upon where you are in the building or where I am in the building um different memories uh good and bad but 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 that's the thing it's it's all it's all the journey it's all the journey that, that culminates in in you know for us what was a national championship uh, and when we're all back there together of course we we have the memories of, of the good times and the bad times and and um, and talking about it and, you know, those kinds of things. It, that's what makes it fun to go back to some of those reunions. It's just when you can see everybody um, and remember those times. But, but yeah, certainly every time I step in the building, there's, there's some sort of flashback. And then earlier this year, when you, when you came back to call your first game, you, you got honored, you got a little celebrate. <laughs> what did that, what did that mean to you to just know uh, 20, 21 years later, you're still getting that kind of ovation and it was cool. I mean, first of all, going back to call that that game was was um was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I called a women's game. I called a men's game. Um, it's it, the, the men's game was really cool just to see the vibe in the arena. Uh, you know, I, I was there in in the in the mid to late 90s when it was when the vibe was great then. You know, and then it kind of went down a little bit. And now it's back up. And, you know, Matt's done such a great job with with the team, with the program. Um, so it was really cool just to, to be in there and hear it loud and, and just, you know, just passionate fans, um, you know, and, and certainly, you know, going back to call the women's game and, and just seeing the practice facility, seeing all the things that that um, that are hanging up about, you know, kind of our run and, and the, the 2001 Final Four with Kelly and Katie. Um, and, and Sharika, like just with all those people, all the people that you continue to stay in touch with, or I continue to stay in touch with nowadays. Um, it's, it's just, it's really awesome. And again, you know, not, not just the recognition. We better. Yeah, I can hear you. For Sorry about that. Um, but I mean, going back to that national championship win, obviously it's, I mean, can you even explain that type of thing, um, looking back on it now? 
Uh, no, <laughs> not really. And, you know, part of it is just, that's kind of the team we were like, we were a very, very business kind of oriented focused team. Um, it was always, okay, we got our job done. Now we're on to the next. And so when we won, it was almost like, okay, what's next? Uh, you know, and, and when, and probably didn't celebrate it in a way that we, we, um, could have or should have, um, just emotionally. I think the other piece of that is, you know, was it, it was a, it was a weird, like tight turnaround. So we had, we didn't even spend the night after we won the national championship. It was like, we were, we had some sort of celebration where they gave us the trophy, um, you know, on the floor and then back in a hotel. And then it was like, okay, well, we got to get on a flight and fly home. Um, so we didn't really get the whole celebratory experience. Um, and so that was, that was different, but I, I think, you know, for us, when we came home and when they had a celebration in Mackie, we rode in the Boilermaker special, you know, they took us around campus. We came back to Mackie. We had a celebration and our, our, our fellow student athletes had the tunnel for us to sort of walk out onto the, to the floor. Um, that's when it kind of hit, like we've done something really special, um, you know, and then when you're older and you're like, okay, well, we were the first and only big 10 team to win a national championship. I mean, Maryland's come in, but they weren't in the big 10 when they won. We were the first big 10 team to win a national championship, the first Purdue program to win a national championship. This is, this really is history. And for myself and Yukari in particular to go through three coaches in four years to go through, you know, a, a mass exodus after our freshman year, being picked last in the big 10, our sophomore year to, to win in a share of the title to two years later, winning a championship. I mean, it, it's, it's really seems unbelievable. I mean, now players wouldn't stay through that. Like players are on their way out at the, at the slightest bit of adversity. Um, so it really was special just the way that it all happened and the twists and turns that it all took. Um, and so then when you're celebrating with your fellow student athletes uh, and, and with the fans, it, it was just like, okay, like this is, this is really cool. And all of it was worth it. Those are the teams that you look back on, um, whether it be like, well, I mean, re recently or fairly recently, like Villanova on the men's side, mm -hmm. those guys who have been there for four years, who have battled through that adversity. I mean, you can just tell that that's it means more to them than it would for a, a one and done type guy or 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 something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard just because, you know, it, and and it's I don't know about the meaning more or meaning less. It's just the experience that you have. And, you know, to go through um, each individual person's experience. So from the time that you started working and playing when you were young, the highs and lows of all that, the setbacks, the getting back up um, to everything that, that it takes in college. I mean, you go to college and you oftentimes just get knocked in the mouth. It's just a different, it's a different ball game, right? And then how you come back from that, um, you know, how you come back from the adversity, the celebrations, the journeys with your teammates, um, the conditioning days, the days that you're in trouble all the time, right? The days where, where travel stinks. And I mean, everything that you go through, um, when you look back and you think that I made it through all that. And, and at the end of the day, our last game was a win. Our last game was a win. Like most everybody else finishes their season with a loss and we finished with a win and then celebrate it the way that we did. Um, you know, it's just, it was really cool. And it's something that, you know, we, we will all, every time we talk, we, we reminisce about it. We talk about it and it's fun when we go back and we share it with, with our Purdue community.
I want to I want to move on to kind of Purdue now and how it's how it's evolved. How cool is it to see KG back back home? I mean, leading Purdue, the complete turnaround from last year, obviously. Um, how cool is it to be able to see her come home and do that? It's really cool. I'm I'm so happy for her. I mean, for for her to to have the journey that she had, you know, playing at Purdue, playing professionally, playing overseas. Um, and then to, to come back and get into coaching and, um, and, and work her way back home. I mean, it's, it's always special um, when, you're, when you're coaching your alma mater, you know, when you, when you have somebody that comes back because it's special from an from a alum standpoint just because you know that that person, like, cares about your program. You know, there were a lot of times where you felt like or we felt like Purdue became, was a stepping stone for someone, right, to go on to something else. And, you know, as you grow up and as you get older, you realize that there's reasons that that happens. And, you know, a lot of which are, are, are have to do with just the profession in general and jobs in general and, and, um, and things like that. But as a young, as a young person, um, you know, what you wanted somebody there that you knew was invested in the program, wanted to be in the program, wanted to see the program continue to succeed and takes great pride in where the program had been. Uh, and, and, and where it's going. And so to see, um, to see Katie back is really cool. It's really exciting. She's doing a great job. You know, I think her, her, her mentality, her mindset, um, her vision is, is good, you know, to have somebody that can, that can relate to these kids, um, and, and that, you know, won't sacrifice the pride in Purdue athletics, um, is, is important. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for her and I'm really happy that, 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 uh, that she's doing so well and, and look forward to good things in the future. And as far as your, your coaching career, um, did you know that you wanted to get into coaching when, once you, I mean, basically immediately after your career ended? No, I kind of got into coaching by accident. Um, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, you know, and, and when you're playing, you think you're going to play forever. So, you know, it wasn't until I, you know, I had my, my first um, surgery that I started thinking about um, life after basketball. And I really got lucky um, while I was playing in Indiana. Um, Tracy Roller, who was the coach at Ball State at the time, came down to an Indiana Fever game. And she said, hey, listen, I have an opening on my, on my staff. Would you like to, to get into coaching? And I was like, well, I never really thought about it. I'm not quite ready to, to be done playing. And she's like, you wouldn't have to be. Like you, you would be here with our team in the winter and then you can go play in the summer and it would just kind of be, um, we'd work like that, um, a way to get your feet wet, a get, way to get your foot in the door. Um, and of course, Ball State was just up I-69 from, from, from the fever from Indianapolis. So I was like, oh, that might work. Um, so I thought about it and I was like, yeah, let me do that. Um, and then I ended up tearing my ACL that summer. Um, and so I had to go back and forth with a lot of rehab and, and, and stuff like that. But the first time I stepped on the floor at, at Ball State, I knew this is what I was meant to do. You know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where um, it just felt right. Um, it was, I love the gym. I love being in the gym. I love being in the gym as an athlete. Um, you know, the next logical step for me um, was to continue to use my mind the way that I use my mind as a player and to continue to invest in, in young women and helping them grow and helping them be better. Um, so once I stepped foot on, on the court at practice at Ball State, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I want to talk about. I mean, you've had so many, at every level you've been at, you've been successful and you've had so many with, I mean, high school basketball, college, coaching in college, playing in WNBA, coaching WNBA, 
and now now you're an analyst how has that benefited you just in terms of of having that that feel for the game and that knowledge in so many different things to where you can take that and put it all into one yeah it's um you know i've really just been lucky because um in a lot of ways but number one like um i was never the best athlete <laughs> uh you know i i i I worked, I love the game. I worked really hard on my skills. I was playing all the time, working all the time. Um, but my mind and what came from a mental standpoint was, was pretty natural. Um, and then when you start diving into to film study and strategy and watching the game, um, it just all those kind of things that came natural, you know, it just, it helped me go to another level, um, just starting to, to really hone in on this, the studying of the game. Um, you know, much like there are a lot of people who can play the game and then once they start working on their skill set or get, get that much better. Right. Or you can be a great drill person. And then once you start playing basketball, you just get better. So for me, it was immersing myself into studying the game analytically through, through film. It kind of took it to another level. So I feel like whatever my natural gifts were, um, it carried right over into coaching. Um, I, it was by accident that I got into broadcasting. I mean, I was coaching in Chicago with the Chicago sky when the big 10 network started and it was starting in Chicago. Um, you know, I, 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 one of my, one of my friends who was calling the game for the Chicago sky, Eric Collins, who's now the play-by-play voice in, in the Charlotte Hornets said uh, to me when I was doing all these interviews, like, why are you in television? I don't know. I never really thought about it. So he gave me the name and number of somebody at Big Ten Network. I called him and they're like, yeah, come on in. We'll give you a tryout. And it turned into a career. Um, So I've really just been lucky being in the right place at the right time. Um, I've been um, a student of the game my whole life. So I think it lends to coaching and broadcasting. Uh, And I love the game. Like I'm passionate about the game. I love to be in the gym. I love to watch. I love to listen. I love to learn. And, you know, you can never stop learning in, in, in any profession, um, or in life. And so I've, I've just been really, really fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. And, and, and fortunate that I love this game the way that I do, um, and invested in getting better. Yeah. I love how, like, you just, I mean, the ball state coach comes and like, Hey, you want to be a coach? And you're like, sure, I'll try it. And then you go on to do so many great things broadcasting. I mean, Hey, you want to come try this out? Hey, sure. Why not? And then, I mean, it's turned into a, a superb career. Um, have you had, do you ever look back and think about just, just how far you've come and all the, all the different things you've got to do, place you got to travel and everything like that throughout your career? I do. I do. Um, and even more so now when you're, you're, when I'm telling stories to my, my kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, they get to do all these great things and, you know, I'm, I'm telling them stories about when I was a kid and, um, you know, the opportunities that were or weren't there and, and, you know, what I've been able to do because of the game of basketball, people that I've been able to meet, the relationships that I've had, the places I've been able to go. Um, I, I do. And I just feel really lucky. I feel really fortunate that this kid from West Lebanon, Indiana, which is not even maybe on the map now, I don't even know if it's on the map. Um, you know, the middle of nowhere, you know, I'll never forget a seventh grade teacher um, of mine um, told me, that uh, he wouldn't believe that I was any good at basketball until I got a letter from Tennessee, right? This was when I was saying I wanted to play college basketball and everybody's like, you can't play college basketball coming from a small town. Like, there's no way it's going to happen. And I'll never forget when I got that letter, I brought it to him and I was like, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you look back and I'm just really lucky. I'm really blessed. I had a great support system. Uh, coming from where I came from was the best thing for me. Um, having a, a hunger and a desire to accomplish things that might seem out of reach. Um, and then the work ethic to do it, you know, that was just in me and instilled in me from a young age by my family. Um, and then having the people around me that believed in the power of my dreams, whether they believed it could come true or not. They always told me that, you know what, if you're willing to work for it, if you're willing to, to, to do what it takes, you can accomplish anything. And just having those people around to encourage you, but hold you accountable at the same time is important. You know, we, we can't sell false dreams. Like it doesn't just happen. Like you have to make it happen. Yeah. Hey, that's the perfect thing to end on. Um, I know we're getting close on time, so I'm going to wrap this thing up, but thank you so much for coming on being so gracious with your time and, and sharing these stories. It, it's, it's been a true honor. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.